I made a deal, Prince said to me. If I lived, I'd give my life over to God. We walked outside to both of us, squinting into the sunlight. Things about rededication and, um, and, and, and bringing light and joy in the darkest time of the year. Um. Grateful, said the angel. The miracle is gratitude. Find that and you won't need anything. You breathe into the soles of your feet and live as long as you want to. Being resilient as a people and overcoming, but like a lot of, you know, uh, Jewish holidays, it pretty much goes with, you know, they tried to kill us, God saved us, and so let's eat. <laughs> I love that. I'm Sarah Fenske, and this is St. Louis on the Air. The Hanukkah Hullabaloo is one of the season's most anticipated local music events. Featuring the St. Louis psychedelic roots rock band Brothers Lazaroff, it's a celebration of the Jewish holiday and klezmer music. This year, Jeff and David Lazaroff had big plans for the event. For the concert's 10th annual incarnation, they thought they might take it on the road. They had their sights set on Austin and Chicago. But the pandemic grounded those plans. But it couldn't stop the party. The 10th annual Brothers Lazaroff Hanukkah Hullabaloo, a virtual miracle, promises to be bigger and more star-studded than ever before. And joining us today to give us a preview is Jeff Lazaroff. Jeff, welcome. Hello, how are you? And we're also joined by Jeff's brother and bandmate, David Lazaroff. David, welcome. Hi, thanks for having us. So, David, this all goes back to Kinky Friedman's 2011 Hanukkah tour. How did that tour end up leading to this event? Yeah, well, I used to live in Austin, Texas for a while and I knew about Kinky. So when he was coming through town, Jeff and I said, you know, we should try and open for him. We called Steve Pullman over there off-Broadway. He said, well, he's doing an early show, but you guys can do an after party. And then he said, and by the way, he's calling it his Hanukkah tour. And it was kind of a funny poster he had for it because he wasn't really doing Jewish music. And so, uh, but the idea kind of started to bubble that maybe we should do a, a Hanukkah party the way there are so many great Christmas parties in town. So, Jeff, I have to ask here a critical difference. What is the difference between a concert and a hullabaloo? Well, I guess it's a little nuttier, you know, basically. <laughs> our, wives, uh, our wives fry latkes on stage, and they pass them out to the crowd, and we have a whole a bunch of friends who participate in our traditional hullabaloos. This one's quite different as far as having some celebrity guests from around the country, but in a normal hullabaloo, you know, we have a whole lot of other people from the St. Louis music community involved, so it's a, it is a big hullabaloo compared to a normal Bros. Laz show. Now, David, I know you've had this at a number of different venues over the years, some of them very different than each other's. Uh, what was the thinking on that? Well, the, the original idea was there's, there's no Hanukkah a party uh, that really happens outside of the normal Jewish community. And there are all these great venues around town all over. And so we thought, hey, you know, let's play a different, maybe a, every, a different venue every year, every other year, mix it up and, and expose folks uh, in the Jewish community to, to local live music. And did it work? I mean, were you able to bring out people who maybe wouldn't typically attend a show on at a place like Off Broadway or or its counterparts? I think so. Yeah, exactly. It kind of uh, we feel like we have Hullabaloo fans, and then we have Brothers Lazaroff 
fans and the hullabaloo is kind of its own thing and so yeah people definitely kind of sometimes come out to these places for the first time for the hullabaloo and end up you know finding out how great how many great places there are around town Hmm. Well, Jeff, you were planning to take this on the road, and that sounds like such a great idea. I can't imagine St. Louis is the only place that has the desire for a Hanukkah celebration like this. When did you realize that, thanks to the pandemic, that just wasn't going to be a possibility this year? Oh, right about March. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you you were not planning in June, like, oh, everything's back to normal. Let's Let's book a venue. No, I mean, pretty quickly it became clear that... You know, especially communicating with a, a bunch of our friends who are in touring bands and on the road that just things were canceling fast and it, it, it didn't look like much music was really going to happen, especially on any kind of a large scale in 2020. So mm-hmm. so we kind of, you know, so we kind of knew for a while that it wasn't going to happen, but we um, continued to keep in mind about how we were going to do it virtually, but kind of kept it on the back burner for a while before we got into the planning. Okay. I imagine you must have been worried, David, that doing it virtually, it'd be hard to just capture the energy. Certainly, you can't be serving latkes there. How do you even begin <laughs> to translate something that just sounds like such a fun party into something that people can can watch from home? Well, uh, that's a great point. Yeah, um, I think we, we ended up working with Brian McClellan at Blip Lap Video here in St. Louis. He does a lot of great stuff. So, you know, working with him and seeing some of his ideas and um, talking through. But we ended up kind of scripting it out the way we would. The Hullabaloo itself is kind of theatrical and has a flow. Um, But we realized quickly, oh, we could pull from people all over the country. Um, And so, you know, we kind of started to have fun with the the, the new platform, the new medium for us. Um, And we just tried to kind of make it. I mean, uh, the Rabbi James Stone Goodman does this uh, series of poems. And actually, we kind of realized how great it is to have the poems just in the backyard around a fire, uh, and we bring in other musicians. We do some cool stuff with him uh, in the poet, the series of poems. But you know, it's kind of was like a, a new way to, pr- um, to to put that stuff out there. So it was fun. So you mentioned these poems. Now earlier, we played a brief excerpt from the uh, 2019 Hullabaloo, which was at the Grandel Theater. I want to play another clip from that same event. Uh, let's listen. On the eighth night. I ran into an angel dressed as Prince. Yeah, that Prince, that's right. At the grocery store. He was still recovering from his illness, but walking on his own now. I made a deal, Prince said to me. If I lived, I'd give my life over to God. We walked outside to both of us, squinting into the sunlight. And that is from the 2019 Brothers Lazaroff Hanukkah Hullabaloo. My guests today are Jeff and David Lazaroff, who are the brothers who are a part of this band. Uh, They're throwing the 10th annual iteration this year. It's going to be virtual and a whole lot of fun. Um, So, David, these poems, uh, for those of us who aren't familiar with Hanukkah celebrations, how do they fit into uh, the sort of classic Hanukkah? Sure, yeah, you know, uh, Hanukkah is, is a historical uh, Jewish holiday, and, and, and so it's, it's interesting, and, and it's always next to Christmas, so there's a lot of um, competition there with, with such a big holiday. But uh, the rabbi kind of gives a little bit of wisdom, a little mystical under meanings of, under, uh, meanings of some of uh, each night. There's a, different, uh, there's a different story about some of the things about rededication and, um, and, and, and bringing light and joy, 
in the darkest time of the year, um, and all sorts of really cool, cool ideas that all the band and all the folks that have been doing this poem series of poems for 10 years, we all love hearing this poem at uh, this time of the year. It's almost like a reminder. And are these poems the same then every year, or are you going to update it so there's a, a pandemic uh, version of a poem? No, they're pretty, they're pretty much, uh, the rabbi is always improvising and, and adding and, and subtracting. That's what he's, uh, very spontaneous. But for the most part, no, we, it's uh, universal. Okay. <laughs> and I, I hear, uh, you know, that reference to Prince there, having been to many um, uh, Christmas celebrations in my day, I feel like maybe the priests don't have quite as much fun with it as your rabbi is having with it there. <laughs> he is a unique uh, guy. He's, he's amazing. So he's a great poet, great singer, great songwriter. So well, look, lucky to have him. You two also mentioned, in addition to uh, the rabbi, in addition to you and your band, you've got some celebrity guests this year. I don't want to undersell this because this is some pretty exciting stuff. Um, bringing things full circle, it turns out Kinky Friedman is going to be a part of this. This is the guy who kind of kicked things off. How did that come about? Jeff, you want to take it? You kind of... Uh, sure. I, what, I, had, no, I had to switch to another mic, so I wanted to make sure it's working all good. Yeah, you sound great. Great, yeah. Um, well, it all came about where, like uh, we said originally, we were going to be taking this on the road. And so we had kind of communicated already with Ray Benson's people. And when we determined it was going to be virtual, and we thought, well, you know, why don't we see if Ray wants to still be involved? We talked with uh, his management and kind of been telling the story about the whole blue. Uh, he heard about Kinky. He says, oh, my gosh, I know Kinky's manager. He's going to love that. And so um, he reached out, and Kinky loved the story and uh, really was excited to be involved. So you also landed Tweedy, Wilco's Jeff Tweedy. How did you pull that off? We just had somebody here in St. Louis who was a common connection, who uh, we had seen that uh, his family had been doing some things. It's, his fa- Jeff actually recently converted to Judaism, I think, in the last couple of years. And, um, and so they had done some related things that we saw online. And so uh, someone who was a connection between the two reached out and, and, and asked if they would want to be involved in it. And they've been just super amazing to deal with and really uh, just uh, very generous with their time and generous with uh, agreeing to be a part of it. And so, wow. yeah, just a mutual connection. That's great. So this event, I understand you guys are going to be around a bonfire. Uh, the celebrity guests are then sort of uh, porting in from their celebrity homes? Yes. Yes, they're porting in from around the country, around the world for that matter, actually. We've got Lee Scratch Perry, who's coming in from Switzerland. And so uh, so he's obviously a Jamaican legend, but lives part, part of the time in, in Switzerland. And so, yeah, so they're going to be Porting in from wherever they are around the world. Hmm. And so what about your band? Uh, it's easy to think of Brothers Lazaroff as just the two brothers, but that is not the case. Um, you guys are a part of it, but you're, you're what, two-fifths of it or two-sixths two of it? I'm so bad at math. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, two, yeah we're, we're normally a six-piece, but we expand to be as you know big as an 11-piece band. And actually, when it comes down to the hullabaloo, what are we, David, like 13 pieces or something like that? Yeah, it just so, depends. If you count the deep fryers that our wives are doing. <laughs> I count them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, so yeah, so we uh, also have them joining in uh, virtually just like uh, the special guests as well. So does that add a level of complication, David, in terms of just the sound engineering on this, to have different bands um, coming in from, from different areas and you're all playing together? Yeah, you know, uh, we just work with some really great guys. Jacob Dietering runs an amazing studio in town, Red Pill Entertainment. He produces a lot of, uh, engineers a lot of great artists out of there. 
And so he was in the backyard. We were all socially distanced and at least 10 feet apart and all masked except when we were doing the bits. And, um, you know, we had an eight-foot menorah in the backyard too as well. You have to remember that. But, uh, you know, Brian and, and Jacob made it really easy. And, and to be honest with you, all the guys, uh, Grover Stewart, Teddy Brookins, Sam Gold, Mark Hockberg, we've been with them for a really long time. And so it was really kind of like fun to get to send them these tracks that we did in the backyard. And then they just added on top of it. And Jacob's a real wizard of kind of lining all that up. It, um, it, it worked out pretty good. It was a lot like just doing a recording project, honestly, a small recording project. Hmm. Well, speaking of recording projects, I do want to make sure to also talk about something that the two of you worked on during this pandemic. And this is a, a new EP. Um, it's all acoustic and it's called Breathe With You. I want to play um, one of the tracks from that. Actually, this is the title track, Breathe With You. I heard them singing Happy birthday from across the yard Their voices melding together Made me long For the time When I can breathe some air with you I saw her crying On the terrace hanging over the street Tears for a song, I thought I no longer could weep. But I do for the time when I can breathe some air with you. And that is Breathe With Breathe With You uh, by Brothers Lazaroff. I'm here today with uh, both brothers, David and Jeff. Um, David, acoustic is a very different um, feel for you guys. Is this a direction you see yourself going once it'll be easier to get back and, and all play together in person? Well, it's hard not to ask the band to make the gig um, always. So, uh, you know, it was just this was definitely out of the situation and um, when in that early part of the lockdown when nobody was going anywhere and um, going into studios or anything like that. So Jeff and I had been quarantined for a month or so and uh, with our own families even who had been bu- hadn't even been bubbled. And yeah, we made this in a couple of days. And our cousin Stuart Rosenberg up in Skokie, I'll know he's a musical mentor of us, but he's been encouraging us to do this for a long time, just to record an album, just the two of us and have some of that material. So it is fun. We get asked to do stuff as a duo. So it's fun to kind of know that we we can we can pull it off and it's fun to do it actually has been uh fun to figure out how to make that work really well Hmm. this this record allowed us to do that jeff uh was it different writing music for just the two of you guys and and working through this just the two of you guys did it bring out a different dynamic in your brotherly relationship yeah we got a lot of fights you know (laughs) no no No? (laughs) but we uh honestly the writing part was the same it was the recording part that was the real difference because usually we're just uh, so fortunate to have you know the the support of our band and to have our, our rhythm section of Grover Stewart on drums and Teddy Brookins on bass and Mark Hochberg on violin and Sam Golden on keys. We're so used to having that bed, that comfort, that when it's just David and I bare and raw with just our acoustic guitars, you know, it's definitely um, takes a, takes another level of focus and a different approach to recording. So that was more more the difference than the writing. Hmm. Well, it's, it's such a beautiful, uh, several beautiful pieces of music here on this EP. Um, and it just, it feels very right for this moment that we're in. Have you gotten a good response from it, people who feel like this speaks to the zeitgeist? Yeah, a- a- absolutely. And I mean, like, like you say, I think it just felt right to do it that way because people weren't being together. And I think that did come across and people 
uh, responded to both the, the, the sparseness and maybe even, you know, kind of the sadness of just two acoustic guitars compared to what we normally are, a big ruckus rock band, you know. Um, but at the same time, I think the material, too, which was, you know, born out of, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that was going on, respond, people responded to that as well. Hmm. Well, it's it's a far cry from a hullabaloo, um, but both are, are so needed in, in their own way. And I want to bring it back to the hullabaloo here at the end. We just have a, about two minutes left of conversation. And and David, I think this is interesting. When, when you and I were talking the other day, um, you were talking about how this holiday is different from many Jewish holidays in that this is a historic holiday, not necessarily a religious holiday. Um, for those of us who are, who are coming into Hanukkah and just don't know that much about it, um, what's the history of this? Wow. Oh, whew. Uh, you know, it, it's a common, it's, it's a spiritual holiday in, in that way, but I think that it, um, it, it marks the, uh, the uh, uh, you know, battle and, uh, and references as far as um, making sure that uh, uh, it's a rededication to, to Judaism and as far as uh, all the times in, in our history that this, this tale of, um, of challenge uh, to fight for freedom um, is kind of brought up in uh, so yeah, I don't know, not the best. Jeff, I don't know if you wanted to hit that anymore. Uh, yeah, than me. It, it, it speaks to a time where you know the Jewish people were being attacked by a much larger army, and their you know uh, their temple had been destroyed. And the big story of Hanukkah is is the miracle of they only had the oil to last for one day, but it lasted for eight days. And that was the, the the everlasting light that always lights in the Torah. So they didn't have the or lights in the temple. So they they didn't have the time to press the oil. But it for somehow miraculously lasted for eight days. But more than that, it does speak to as David was saying, uh, uh, the being resilient as a people and overcoming. But like a lot of you know uh, Jewish holidays, it pretty much goes with you know they tried to kill us, God saved us, and so let's eat. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> these are these are some good highlights. And you know that talking about that oil lasting longer than we need it to, I got the chills when you were saying that. It, it feels like it resonates in this year when everything's been so hard. Do you feel that as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a, a part of this holiday that is very much of coming together despite challenges, despite, you know, a really devastating situation, but yet we can still be together as people, as a community, and it's far beyond the Jewish community, absolutely. It's all people and, and coming together. Something I think people have always responded to of the whole blue, it's really people of all faiths have gotten into it and just had fun and, and responded to the energy and the spirit and, and just the overall you know, vibration that usually comes from the event. Well, Jeff Lazaroff, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and, and telling us all about it. Absolutely. And David Lazaroff, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. And tickets to this 10th annual Hullabaloo, they're at Metro Ticks. We also have a link on our website. That's stlpublicradio.org. That event, again, is on December 12th. And you can also find the Brothers Lazaroff new digital EP on Bandcamp or on YouTube. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Fenske. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. 
Thanks. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.